0: Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit com slash feast to learn more.
1: This is the Marked Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collinsworth, coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee at Lifeway Christian Resources. This podcast is for women who are marked by a hunger for God's word, who want to know him more, have a longing to impact the culture around them, and a real desire to discover and live out God's calling in their lives. If that's you, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about issues that are relevant to you today. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you joined us today. I'm Mary Margaret, and I'm here with Savannah Ivey, who is our summer intern. Hello. Um, She is about to be a senior at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and I asked her to jump in here with me today. Um, and and Join me as we're interviewing Jenny Allen, and we're excited to not just do an interview, but really just have a conversation today with Jenny about what God's doing in her life. Um, Most of you know her. Um, She is a wife and a mom. She is the founder of the If Gathering, and um, she just is one of those women who... You know, has been marked by things in her life, and you know, has has been impacted by by who Christ is and what He's done in her life, and it, and she cannot help but talk about that and and broadcast that to the women that that are in her sphere of influence. So we're really thrilled to have you here with us today, Jenny. Thanks, Mary Margaret. It's good to be here awesome. And, um, and if you were looking, let me tell you, um, one thing I wanted to make sure that we mention is that Jenny has a brand new Bible study that's out this summer called Anything. Um, and if you're anything like me, it's a great, um, you know, just kind of short study for you this summer, or as you're going into this fall, we'd love for you to, to check that out. Um, but, but Jenny, tell us a little bit about like, what is what's what's behind the title Anything? Well, it
0: was actually a moment in our lives, one of those things that marked us for sure. And Never at that point could I have imagined um, being able to ever write a book or, or Bible studies publicly. I've always written Bible studies. That's kind of what I did the moment I became a Christian. I came home and started teaching my Bible to a bunch of younger girls in high school. But I never dreamed in a million years that, that pub, I mean, publication, just it wasn't even on my radar. I'm, um, more of, I've got approval as one of my main goals in life. <laughs> and and so. Um, being in front of more and more people was never my dream. <laughs> yeah. And so it is is—it is just God and what he's done. It was a time in our life when we were actually in ministry, and and there was a lot of um, amazing things happening. But we I was at a place where I had a lot of anxiety, and I was very much um, concerned about approval stuff that had taken its toll. I was a pastor's wife. At the time, and as you can imagine, if you struggle with approval, and you, um, your whole community revolves around your husband's job, yeah. somewhat, you know this was, this was not my sweet spot. And so um, I really had begun to control what I wouldn't wouldn't do for God, and and in my mind, you know, I was using words like humility, and I was sitting on the back road so that other people could could shine. <laughs> You know, it was, It sounded really godly, but at the end of the day, it was it was control, and it was me telling God, this is what I want yeah. to happen, so that my world's comfortable and right, and I hope you're okay with it. And I was so convicted by a blog that I read by Katie Davis, who, at the time, she just, that's what she did, she just kept a little blog. She hadn't written a book yet, but she was in Uganda, and she did adopted several little girls off the street, and at the time, she was only 23 years old. And that threw me. I mean, reading her words about approval and about this life being short and obeying God no matter the cost, it just wrecked me. And so I was on um, my bathroom floor reading that blog because everybody was asleep in my house. I didn't want to bother. I was up to 1 a.m. reading. <laughs> just so convicted that I had lived this life for myself and in, in many ways, um, not surrendered to God, and even though I had prayed to receive Christ, we were in ministry, and in many ways we had surrendered, but I still was very much in control, and and that night, just told God, I will do anything, anything you want, and it just, it changed the trajectory of both my husband and I's life. We, we began to pray that prayer together, and man, I mean, everything that I feared um, has happened in many ways, <laughs> um, but yet, it's, and it is, it's been the most costly and and beautiful journey that I could have ever imagined, and, and honestly, I mean, there's just there is no other life than that. I yeah. I just think he creates us, he he saves us, he fills us with the spirit, and and marks our days for us. What what are we going to do? You know, we don't. It, it would be just such a pity to me to miss all that's happened in the last few years in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. But I, I love what you said that it comes at a cost too. And, you know, and that's part of our journey in walking with Christ is, you know, there's, there's always an expense, but it's worth, it's worth, would you say at this point it's worth the cost? Oh,
0: I mean, right now, as we do this podcast, I'm sitting at a swimming pool watching my kids play. (laughs) Uh And I mean, there's a kid in the pool, dark skin from Rwanda that would not be in our lives if it were not for that prayer. Yeah. And I I mean, I can't even, I mean, everything about our life, if gathering doesn't exist without that prayer. Um, the Bible studies that I've written don't exist. The, you know, a lot of the friendships and the people that we are doing life with aren't, they, it doesn't happen. I mean, it, it was like opening this door to this whole other life that God mm-hmm. had for me, but I was just too afraid to walk through it. And it's not just the big things. It's also all the daily little things. I think, you know, I, I, was, I was functioning out of a lot of stress and fear. I mean, when you decide you're going to be in control of your life, that's a cost too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna really strong arm your your will and your way in life. That 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 never worked, you know, and I think that it wasn't working for me. And so what I gave up was a lot of anxiety and fear and mm-hmm. stress to where there's such a freedom now to my life. No I can't control it and no I have no idea, you know, that everybody's okay with me on a given day and no I have no idea, you know, that, that suffering um, isn't around the corner, as it has been many times in the last few months and, and years. But, oh, I'm so free. My soul is free. Mm-hmm. And and I, I enjoy God, and I enjoy what He puts in my path, even if it's hard. And and there's such a, a freedom. I think that's what, you know, Jesus meant when He said, it's for freedom that I set you free. In other places, He says, you know, in this life, you will have trouble. So He's very clear that Freedom and and peace aren't found in the absence of, of chaos in the absence of suffering. They're found through it, and I think that this is what he's talking about in this free life of, of not no longer living in bondage to to the people around us, to fears that that have consumed us. Yeah. And even if it's hard, it's you know it's worth it. Yes, hmm. Jenny, I wanted to ask you about kind of what you just talked about. I think women and just me in general, and I know all the women I talk to, just it's so easy to get caught up in what you talked about, about the comfort and the fear of kind of staying where you're at. And so what would you say to the woman who, um, about taking risks, about saying yes to Jesus, what would you say to that woman? You don't know what you're missing. Mm -hmm. There was this moment, um, I remember being on a walk and and it occurred to me, we, we had felt like God was calling us to adopt. There were, there were a lot of barriers to that. I mean, so many, right? as every family that's ever walked through adoption. It's it's not an easy process, both before you receive your child and after. Um, you don't sign up for adoption because it's easy. You sign up for adoption because you're called and, and because God's called us to care for orphans. But, but it was very harsh. And I remember as we started facing those barriers, I remember, and, and, and doubting, you know, because everybody doubts when you yeah. feel called, and even, you know, barely Like, you just get the idea of something, and you think, is this from God? Is this something that he wants me to do? Is this something that He called me to? Mm. I think everyone, what we don't talk about, is nobody's 100% sure. I wasn't <laughs> right. 100% sure about my child. I wasn't 100% sure about this gathering. Yeah. I I still am not. You know, I, mean, I, not, I am about my child. We're in. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. um, but if it's still hard, and I think wonder some days, like, wow, God, did you really? Are we sure? Like, this is, this is the story you have for us. So it isn't about being 100% certain. It's it's taking one step. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times, I think we, we glamorize risk and we think that it needs to be this huge, you know, audacious thing that everybody's going to say nothing, and cheer, and you know, there's going to be, you know, books written about it. And, and it's not like that. You know, what it is is, is a step every day. And you literally think this is no big deal, except that it costs you something. It costs your pride. It costs your fear. It costs your, um, you know, your approval, your your possible success in the world life, whatever it is. Because um, I will say, if gathering can look really smart in front of everybody now that it exists, but for about two, three years it looked stupid, <laughs> it looked <laughs> stupid. And, and then, I mean, there were so many things that I thought I am a fool. Like I look like a fool. I am a fool. Um, unless God is calling me to this. Yeah. And there was just only enough space to, to think that maybe he was. Um, and so I think that you just take that step, and then you trust God with the implications of that step. So, it's, I, you know, I, I picture him in heaven, and we complicate it because we think we need to figure everything out to obey. Mm. But the truth is, I just think how much he must just love looking down and seeing one of his children you know, doing the best they can with what they know. You know, yeah. they, they read their Bibles, they're, they're studying it, they're in community, they're in their local church, they're, they're under the authority of Scripture and, and a church, and, and they're just doing the best they can with what they know. And so what if, if you miss step? Like, so what if you take the wrong step? Yeah. Take a step and be willing to look the fool and, and then see what happens. And it's just, it's hard and miserable and
1: so fun. Exactly. That's such a great way to describe it because I think so often we, we get to a point and then we get paralyzed by fear, all the what ifs and all the, all those questions that feel looming that we're like, God, there's no way that you could have called me to do this. You know, but we look in scripture and, and we realize that we're not alone. And, you know, that we're not the only ones who have ever felt incapable or unable or, you know, just and we have to realize that that's when we have to fully lean into him and fully lean into to what he's doing. And, I, and I'm so thankful that you've done that. And, and you know, and for some people, you know, like where you are right now, like we're able to see that we're able to see the fruit of what that looks like, the fruit of your obedience to the Lord. And while we don't know the whole backstory story to, you know, bits and pieces. And so you know, just along this journey, what are some of the things um, that have been markers for you, things that have marked you along the way? Way as you've gotten to this point where you are right now,
0: there's so many. So good to give us those, you know. Yeah. I, I don't think we can even expect them, and I don't think that, you know. I sure would like a lot more of them. I like one every day, you know, just a flag that he holds up and says, "Hey, good, good job. You're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Way to go." Um,
1: that would be convenient.
0: You, yeah, that would be really helpful. But but usually, um, it's little things. But I want to I want to speak to. I'm going to name one that that you just referred to, which was that that the, the inadequacy stuff, because yeah. I think that is, that does hold a lot of women back, and I remember the first time Catalyst asked me to come and just do a little laugh, you know, no big deal, but I'm in the backstage with everybody that I've ever looked up to and Chris them, you know, <laughs> is, is back there, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? How did I get here? I do not need to be here, and I sat down next to Lisa Turkers, and you know what she said to me? She looked at me, and she said, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> You've know, been doing this for 15 years or yeah. more, you know, like, are you? And I, it was the greatest thing she could have ever said to me because it just set me free. I was like, oh, okay, this isn't about arriving somewhere. This isn't yeah. about um, deciding, oh, oh, yeah, now now I deserve this. Every day of my life, it doesn't seem to matter what, you know, God has done to confirm my calling, to bless my calling. I tremble thinking where I find myself. And so I think the questions we ask in our minds have got to shift. We've got to shift. From, you know, do I belong here? To has God called me here? And if the answer is yes, it's just not our business. Yeah. You know, I think that's what I've learned is is it's just not my business. Why me? And what what I'm doing here? What is my business? Is, is what am I going to lead and what am I going to care about? And mm-hmm. and and I think as you as you focus more on the need around you, you start losing that sense of that self focus of, of why am I here? And you just see so many hungry. People, whether that's spiritually or physically, and you just decide, you know what? I can't knock this out, but I can stop asking stupid questions and get on with it and <laughs> do what I can do. And and you know, could people do it better? Heck yes! Oh my goodness! I mean, that's just true. You know, that is. And and so if I am asking those questions, then I'll 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 take myself out of the game immediately, out of leadership, yeah. out of teaching, out of using any gifts and and causing any you know change for the gospel. So. So I think, you know, that was a big marker for me was was realizing that even the the people that have been here for 15 years are still
1: asking that question. Yeah. And what what would you say to the woman who's listening today who is kind of standing on the edge, you know, and she knows that God is prompting, that he's moving, that he's doing something, and she is just terrified to take that next step? What would be your words um, to her today?
0: Wow. I would say... This isn't
1: complicated.
0: Just yeah. take it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like my kids. I mean, I'm watching them swim, and they're just jumping in the pool. They're not overthinking it. They're just jumping in. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's that's what we've got to do is just get in the pool and yeah. see what happens. I Jump mean, in head first. Yeah. And, and and then know that God's in that. Like, He'll be there in the water. And and there's not. It's not as scary as you think. In fact, I would say it is way scarier standing at the top of a cliff and looking over the edge and being in the water at the bottom, you know, Mm -hmm. like, go on, like, just do it. Even if, and so many people listening, I can imagine, are thinking to themselves, yeah, I have this hunch. I don't really know what to go do today. Like I have this hunch I'm supposed to, um, begin a ministry for moms that have gone through abortion when they were younger. And, and I, I went through that myself and I, I want, to do something like that, I, I mean, I didn't go through that, but I imagine somebody listening has. Yeah. So that, let's say they have that vision or that heart, but they have no idea what the next step is. So what I want to say to that is just jump in some small way. Yeah. So today, make a phone call of somebody that you know that's ahead of you, that has done something similar, that has connections that you might need, that that believes in you, that might just help you dream a little. Mm-hmm. Um, a teammate, maybe somebody that would care about it as well. And just make a phone call and yeah. make a coffee date. I think that's how that's how If was built. It was like one phone call and one coffee date and one conversation at a time. Yeah. And and this this force rose up, you know. And and it wasn't spectacular behind the scenes. It was just so common, mm-hmm. but but it was it was obedience and those little steps. And do that mean
1: something? Yes. And I love just that the picture of small steps of obedience and the fact that the Lord takes us on a journey and it takes us taking all of those small steps to get where he needs us to go. You know, because mm-hmm. I think people would look at you and go, oh, well, Jenny's a published author. She's, you know, she's got the if gathering, like all this kind of stuff. But, you know, they don't know all the steps that took you to this place, you know, but for all of us, no matter where the Lord takes us and whether, whether or not anybody ever knows our name or we have a website or we have something that we can put in the hands of somebody else, it's for all of us, it's those tiny steps of obedience that are just faithful to the Lord right where we are. And um, oh,
0: yeah, and let me say something to that because this podcast, is I know that you all's heart is to reach younger women. And, yeah. and I know there's a lot of younger women listening right now. And, and I think, you know, the, the thing I see is, and you know, I started out teaching my Bible at seventeen to a room full of high school girls. And I, then I taught to some college girls and then I taught to some young moms and then, you know, I taught to some young women in our church. And it was always in my living room and yeah. and and it was no big deal. But that's what I did for, gosh, fifteen years before my first Bible study was published. So yeah. um that's that's what I did. And I didn't ever think about it, you know, mm-hmm. being any bigger. And then and then I fell into the deep end of public ministry and it was you know, fireworks and, and green rooms, and it was big and fancy and published, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's so funny, this last year, I guess that's been about three or four years of my life now, and, and this last year, I actually, like, pulled back on my speaking schedule in a big way and went back to just teaching a local Bible study in my church. So I just want to say to all of you out there that are thinking that there's life in it being bigger or life in it being fancier or with more notoriety. Let me just say, there is more life in sitting in a room with a bunch of people that need God and giving Him to them. It's it's so simple and so beautiful. And I just think that's where God moves and works, you know? And I think oftentimes, especially what I see, as we have a bunch of interns coming up through IF, and we work with a lot of younger women too, I see a lot, a deep desire to make a huge impact. And that's not wrong. I mean, God oftentimes puts that in us. But I just, I guess, what you have to know going in is that there is no life in that. Like, that doesn't make you more joyful. If anything, it, it's, a, it's a more disconnected life. When I finish my Bible study in Austin, and I get to go talk to my friends afterwards when we go to have coffee and talk about God in our life, that means something, you yeah. know, versus, you know, a stadium in Cincinnati, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and again, I think that means something, too, or I wouldn't do it. But but I just, I think sometimes we we categorize things as big and important, and I yeah. think God just says, hey, be faithful, go serve me, and and there's life there. That, that's where the life is, is working with Jesus as we serve people and accomplish His purposes.
1: Yep. Amen to that. And that's there's so much truth there, and I'm so glad you hit on that note because I think a lot of women think that that's the only way. You know is through having you know something in the hands of other people or you know having some notoriety and you know the lord is his he's just called us to be faithful right where we are mm-hmm. and so tonight when i go home and i leave my small group of young adult women and you know in my apartment yeah. that's there's so much life there i love that you brought that up because that's where that's so the heart of my week is is sitting down with these 12 other women and talking about what god's currently doing in our lives what he's teaching you know open his word talk about mm-hmm. it you know and then pray for each other and then we do life together throughout the week and that's that's where the rubber meets the road that's where life really happens so it definitely oh, makes a that. difference yeah, yeah and
0: all we do those of us that do you know writing or whatever we're just building tools for you yeah. you know we're just it's like you're on the front line doing that ministry we're just building little resources that you can go use to do the real work of ministry that's how i see my job it is it is the, the least glamorous because it, it literally is like going and building tackle for, for people that are actually at sea fishing. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even doing the hard work. I'm doing the, you know, I'm back in the shop, like just tinkering. Um, and you're out on the front fields of your neighborhood and your your circle of friends. And if the church could embrace that, if they could really see that they are the ones, like at the swimming pool, I'm looking at tons of women all around yeah. that are my neighbors. And, and my role there is is the front lines. If I could see that, um, and we could all see that, then I think that's how the world changes. It's what Jesus did. He gathered a few, yep. and he did it. Not that he never spoke to 5,000, but, but he knew that the primary focus of his life and ministry would be in the few.
1: Yeah. And we we see that with him and the disciples. We see that in the early church, the book of Acts. And we just see that it just started in homes. It started with small groups of women. And, you know, we're so grateful for the resources that you have been faithful to to write and to create and develop. And, you know, how they're impacting small groups all over, not just our country, but the world. And so we're grateful just for your faithfulness in doing that. And um, just kind of as a final, you know, wrap-up question, like what – you know, if in this, you know, maybe sounds so quippy, but like if there's some life lesson you could have learned earlier, you know, that you could have said, if I would have only known this, you know, 10 years ago, like what, what's one of those words you would give to the women listening today?
0: Got it. Kill the demons in your sin now. Mm. Do not let it cripple you for a decade. Yeah. That was me. I in mean, my 20, you know, my 20s, I held back out of fear. I did not. Now God had purposes in that, and part of the bondage that I had for for most of my life drives me to hope, go set other women free. Like yeah. it, it gets me up in the morning. It, it makes my heart race as we're talking right now, picturing them out there and and being free and unleashed and using their gift. But man, if I yes, if I could go back and be free then and go run with with the gift God's given me to the best of my ability, my 20s, whatever that meant. Yeah. Um, You know, I just, I think, I just, I played it so safe for so long and just don't do that. Go run, go crazy
1: in your twenties. Whenever you need Jesus, start then. I love it. Yep. And that's, and we have freedom to do that. And that's what he calls us to. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's such wise um, advice for anybody, wherever, wherever you may be in your point of life, um, you know, just to, to throw off the things that bind us throw off the chains that are holding us back and just run run um, faithfully after the Lord and he'll be faithful in response to that well um, Jenny thank you so much for your time today thank you for sharing with us this has just been fantastic Thanks so much for joining us today. For more episodes, check out lifeway.com forward slash all access, or you can find the Marked Podcast on iTunes. If you want to join in the conversation, tweet at me at at MaryMargaretC. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast. Remember today, you are chosen, you are forgiven, you are free, you are marked.